There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Luke's English Podcast. Here's a new episode for you. Now, listening to this podcast can definitely help your English a lot, especially your listening skills, but it will work best if you are also working on other areas of your English, like, for example, your speaking skills. And you can do that with italki, the sponsor of this podcast. Um, to get started, go to teacherluke.co.uk forward slash talk. And then you can just check out a lot of the English teachers and native speakers that are available there. They're waiting there to speak to you and to teach you English. Um, and... Uh, Another cool thing about this is that uh, because you're a Lepster, italki will give you a voucher worth 100 italki credits when you buy some English lessons from italki. And you can then use that to get a nice discount on more English lessons in the future. Um, to check out italki and to get that offer, visit teacherluke.co.uk forward slash talk or click an italki logo on my website. Okay. And if you've got any questions, feel free to contact me via my website. Okay, right, so now here is a new episode of the podcast. So start the jingle! Ladies and gentlemen, this is a journey into the English language. A journey into the DNA of the English language. Really? The DNA of the English language. Now that's a really quite a strong claim. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Who are you? You talking to me? You talking to me? You know who I'm talking to. I'm a school teacher. I teach English composition. Oh, really? Yes. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Luke's English Podcast. This is episode number 364, which means that um, you can now listen to an episode of Luke's English Podcast every single day for a year. And what a good year for your English that would be if you did that. That would be a fantastic year for your English. Imagine about probably about an hour's worth of English injected directly into your brain every day for a year. You'd emerge from that year transformed, wouldn't you? Imagine January the 1st. Right, here we go with the Luke's English podcast uh, annual project. This is where I'm going to listen to an episode every day for a whole year. Here we go, episode number one, introduction, bang. And then you listen to that and then you continue to do the same thing every day for an entire year. You'd, you'd emerge on New Year's D. New Year's D? What's that? I don't know. You'd emerge on New Year's Day the following year, transformed into some sort of incredibly fluent, or at least you'd, you'd be transformed into someone who could certainly understand a hell of a lot more English than you could at the beginning. Your vocab would be vastly increased. Your general sort of familiarity with uh, pronunciation and the way in which English is naturally produced uh, in speaking, that would be, that would, that would have gone up massively. And I imagine also that your spoken fluency would have improved as well. Because these, all these things are linked, you know, like your ability to produce uh, fluent spoken discourse 
can be greatly enhanced by your familiarity with spoken discourse from your listening, you know? Yeah. So it's going to be good for your English. So anyway, you're now listening to this. I, I wonder if you have listened to all of the other episodes of this podcast as well. If you have, if you're fully up to date with all of the episodes and you've listened to this podcast from day one, then, you know, well done. Brilliant. That's brilliant work. Because that's a lot of time to have to have stuck with this project. You've stuck with Luke's English Podcast through thick and thin. You know, it means that even those episodes where you don't really even understand what's going on, you're not entirely sure that I understand what's going on either, even those weird sort of random episodes with lots of stupid jokes and um, rambling thoughts and things, you listen to all of that, good for you. Basically, you'll, I'm sure that you'll see the benefit in your English. Your English will definitely have um, improved as a result of all of that. If you haven't listened to all the episodes, then, well, welcome aboard. Um, and um, I wonder how many you've listened to so far. I think that you can listen to Luke's English podcast in many different ways. You don't have to listen from the very beginning. The main thing is that you are just involved, that, that, uh, that you're really stuck into these episodes you know that's the main thing that you're really enjoying listening to it and you you get satisfaction from the fact that you can understand what I'm saying to you and the fact that I'm speaking directly to you um, as a learner of English or someone who's got an interest in English this is for you so you've come to the right place if you're looking for real British English as it's actually spoken by a qualified English teacher with over 15 years of experience, then you've come to the right place and listening to this regularly will definitely improve your English. In fact, that's what this episode of the podcast is all about. It's all about um, getting back to basics and talking to you about um, learning English and some top tips for how you can improve not just your English, but the way that you approach your learning of English. So this should be, I hope, a very motivational episode and quite a practical episode too, because I'm going to go through some, some specific tips and advice for how to learn English. Okay. Because ultimately that's what Luke's English podcast is all about. That's when, that's why I started this project in the first place, way back in 2009, when I did episode number one, the, the intention was to provide the world uh, and maybe other planets, if they're out there listen, listening to this, learning English too. Anyone on other planets? I don't think that's that's the case. But anyway, let's stick to Earth. Let's keep let's keep our feet on the ground. So yeah, the aim was always to provide the the people of the world with something they can listen to regularly. That will be a really, I hope, engaging source of natural English that will not just. Um, sort of instruct you in like the English language but also give you some tips on how to learn English but also just provide you with something enjoyable something that's that makes listening to English fun and I hope that it is fun now um, so I've been away for a couple of weeks this is the first time I've recorded and uploaded an episode for about two weeks and it feels like ages I have to say it feels like such a long time since I did this um, and I wonder if you've been thinking that as well. You, you, you might have been. You might have been thinking, where's Luke? What's Luke been doing? 
Where is he? Why hasn't he uploaded a podcast episode recently? Why hasn't he um, given us more free learning English material lately? What's he been doing? You might have been thinking that. Luke, what have you been doing? Now, if you have had that thought in your head, specifically that thought, Luke, what have you been doing? Then that's a good sign. You should give yourself a pat on the back if that's the, the what you've been thinking. Luke, what have you been doing? Because that means not only are you thinking in English, um, also, it's a bit weird that you're talking to me in your own head. That's a little bit odd, but let's not worry about that. Let's be positive. So, um, yeah, Luke, what have you been doing? That's what you've been thinking. Now, you're thinking in English there, but also you're thinking using the present perfect continuous tense, aren't you? Which can be a rather tricky one to to get the to get to, to get to grips with. That's the phrase I'm trying to say. That can be a difficult tense to get to grips with. Luke, what have you been doing? Um, so, congratulations if that's the thought that's been going around in your head lately. Uh, well done. It means that your English is improving. Well, yes, I've been away. I've been very busy, basically. I like to um, do episodes of this podcast as sort of regularly as possible and off sometimes I go through phases where I'm uploading loads of episodes uh, uh, quite frequently and then there are patches where I'm a bit quiet and it's usually based on the fact that you know I'm, I've, I've either got lots of time and inspiration or I don't have a lot of time I usually have loads of inspiration time is the main factor so when I'm uploading loads of episodes just a few days apart that's when obviously I've got lots of time and I'm just sort of binging on podcasting. Uh, but then when there are, there are quiet patches, it means that life has, um, has stepped in. Uh, life has gone, Oi, Luke, I need you for stuff. And that's what's been going on over the last two weeks. I've been very busy with work. Um, I've been teaching, I've been teaching full days at school. I've been teaching intensive general... I've been teaching so much that I've forgotten how to speak my own language. All right. Just relax, Luke, okay? There's music playing in the background. I hope that that's not bothering you. Why would that be bothering you? Of course it wouldn't. It's just... It's setting the right atmosphere, isn't it? Yeah, you can hear music in the background. That This is all stuff that I've produced myself. Um... So anyway, there's going to be a little bit of music in the background, not all the way through the episode, but certainly in the introduction, just to kind of take the edge off, you know. Um, so yes, I've been teaching intensive general English courses um, at uh, the British Council. That means I've been teaching 30 hours a week, that's six hours a day, every day. Um, and I'm doing that all the way through this month. So it's a very busy month of teaching. And um, I just haven't really had a chance to get behind the microphone and record and then upload an episode of this podcast um, since the last one, which was about uh, Muhammad Ali. Um, I'm glad to have received lots of messages about that episode. It seems that lots of people really enjoyed listening to it. In fact, a, a number of people have said that it's their favourite episode ever, which is always a delight really it's always delightful to get feedback like that so I'm really glad that you've enjoyed listening to that um, I really enjoyed doing that episode I love telling the story of the rumble in the jungle it's just for me a fascinating moment in in sort of modern history that that fight um, 
So anyway, here we are. Here we are. I'm back on the podcast again. Um, and this one is going to be about top tips for learning English. And I'm going to get into that in just a second. So I was just saying, I, the reason that I haven't uploaded an, an episode recently is because I've been so busy teaching uh, full days at school and then also doing lots of other things after school in the evening. You know, I've just been very busy um, and I've had lots of things on my plate. Um, like, for example, my, my first wedding anniversary. Uh, that came up just... Um, just last week and uh so you know celebrated the wedding anniversary with my wife that was lovely i can't believe it's been one year since we got married a whole year has passed and it's gone really really fast it's amazing how ta- how time flies when you're having fun so anyway here we are i'm back on the podcast and this episode is about top tips for learning english and um i decided to do this just to kind of um, you know reestablish the main focus of this podcast, as I said earlier. Um, And the things I'm going to say to you in this episode are just some ideas that have occurred to me in the last couple of weeks of teaching at school. Teaching English intensively um, means that all my, my thoughts have been focused on helping my students improve their English as quickly and as effectively as possible. I've had um, groups of adult students mainly French, but, you know, also some mixed nationalities in there too. And they come to the British Council and they spend 30 hours uh, in the classroom and they've just got one week and it's like mission English, you know, let's try and improve our English in just 30 hours. Um, And so a lot of that is about motivation, um, giving them plenty of speaking practice, lots and lots of feedback uh, on their English, Um, lots of remedial correction. You don't necessarily have so much time to go deep into the grammatical rules of the language because, frankly, that takes quite a lot of time and energy. And ultimately, it's it's more useful to just give the students the the opportunity to work with the language, practice speaking, um, push them a little bit out of their comfort zone, give them challenges and give them encouragement and some, some feedback as well. And the usual bits of input as well. So, anyway, while teaching all of this stuff, I've been thinking a lot about um, learning English, okay? And I quickly put down about 10 um, tips, and I'm going to go through them in this episode. These should be really important and really useful things to remember, and I hope this episode will be a big motivational boost for you as a learner of English, okay? Okay. When I finish this, I'm also going to talk to you about some recent news, because two weeks without talking on the podcast means that lots of things are built up inside my head. I've got lots of things to talk about. Lots of things have been going on. I mean, some some things quite fun and lighthearted, like the football uh, and the fact that there's a new Pokemon game, which um, is sweeping all the way all the way around the world. Everyone's talking about this new Pokemon game, and I want to talk about it too. So some fun, light-hearted things like that, um, but also some more serious things like there are, you know, still plenty of things going on in the UK after the Brexit, um, the uh, the EU referendum and all that stuff and how, how the UK government has changed. We've got a new prime minister in the UK. Um, so there's that. And also the very serious business of, of what happened um in fact, what happened yesterday night in Nice, which is a city in France, and you may have seen in the news 
that um, there was a horrendous event in Nice and it's very serious and tragic and um, everyone's shocked and angry about what happened. Essentially, what happened there is that, you know, some crazy person, I don't even know if the person was crazy, but some asshole um, decided to drive a, uh, a truck through a crowd of people and it was horrible. Um, so that's just in- incredibly sad. Uh, but, and, and, you know, my thoughts and feelings, of course, go out to the people affected. Uh, I've received some messages on the website from concerned listeners of this podcast saying things like, uh, I heard the news about what happened in France and I'm shocked and I just wanted to check, Luke, that you're okay. Well, I'm I'm thankful in that obviously I'm okay and everyone else I know is okay. No one no one I know was involved in, in what happened. Uh, and just like everyone else, I'm shocked and angry about that. Um, now, I just wanted to say that. I just wanted to mention it. It's not necessarily my job to deal with things like that in full depth this is a learning english podcast but i just wanted to mention thank you for your messages of concern i'm fine i live in france and um so people know that i'm here so thanks for your messages of concern i wasn't involved but i did see it i did see the story on the television when when it broke in in the middle of the night last night and um it's horrible okay right so anyway what can you say let's just keep calm and carry on it's always horrible when these things happen in the news and i talk about things that happen that are close to me obviously living in france means that when something like this happens in france i'm going to talk about it but there are plenty of these terrible things happening in many places too so any of the violence and the um you know the suffering that happens as a result of people with stupid ideas it's just a a tragedy and you know it's a bit messed up isn't it the world at this moment yes it is um so i will talk a little bit about news and some recent stuff some light-hearted stuff and some serious stuff after i've gone through some top tips for learning english okay so i tell you what how about this let's learn english let's improve our english so that we can communicate so we can uh try to raise you know, let's try to let's try to make the world a better place. I think we can do that using communication. Yeah. All right. Let's. You've got to try and be positive. So, how's your English, ladies and gentlemen? How is your English these days? How's it going? Um, I hope it's doing all right. Um, so, I was talking about the lessons I've been teaching at the British Council recently, um, and I've had some really great students. I've had some lovely students. And some really good classes. It's been hard work teaching six hours a day, every day. It's it's really exhausting, actually. The energy that you that is required, not just from me as the teacher, but the energy that the students need to use up, like studying, practicing, learning, and producing English for six hours a day is exhausting. Um, so everyone's you know working hard, but my students have been great. They've been lovely, and that makes all the difference as a teacher. When you've got motivated students who are positive, it makes a massive difference. It's it, it's so much more effective when the students have got the right attitude and the right kind of behaviour. Because ultimately, it's, you know, a classroom situation, it's not all about the teacher. It's got to be about 50% teacher, 50% students, right? I mean, 
what I mean there is that the, the students hold about 50% of the responsibility for the 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 success uh, of a class and the teacher holds the other 50%. It's something like that. So um, I think that uh, my students have been great and it's just made me think. So here are a few thoughts. One of them is remember that you should always be responsible for your own learning. Okay, if you're learning English it's in your hands nobody can learn english for you and that sort of relates to the classroom if you're learning english in a classroom situation or if you're learning from a teacher then just beware of falling into a particular trap and that trap is um that you give the responsibility of learning english to someone else like that you go to a language school and you enroll in classes and you go into the 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 classroom and you then give the teacher all of the responsibility for for your learning. Watch out for that because that's not going to help you. You need to be in charge of your own learning because nobody else can learn English for you. So, you know, watch out for that. Don't assume that just being in the room is enough. It's all about establishing habits for improving your English, being mindful of your English, um, taking control and keeping up those good habits. So let's go through some top tips then. So top, top tip number one is a bit of a cliche, to be honest. It's the kind of thing that everybody says, you know. You know, you might meet someone who's got really good English and you say to them, how on earth did you improve your English like that? And they always say, well, I just watched lots of movies and TV in English. So it's a bit of a cliche, but that is my number one tip. And this this list, by the way, is in no particular order. Uh, but number one, watch t- watch movies and TV in English. Now, this is what people always say, but it can work really well if you do it right. So there is a right way for using movies and TV to improve your English. So here are some specific tips for that. First of all, you should repeat watch a movie that you love in English. So... Um, find a movie that you really love. You might have seen it in your first language or you might have, you know, watched it with subtitles in your language and you know it well. Um, So get that movie that you love and watch it again and again in English, okay? You could watch it with subtitles and then watch it again without the subtitles. Um, You could even do things like this. You could even put your phone in front of the TV or the computer play the movie and record the audio of the movie on your phone and then listen to it when you're out and about. So essentially, just if you love a movie a lot, there's there, it's more likely that you're going to remember the lines from the film and those lines are going to mean something to you personally. And if they mean something to you personally, they're going to stick with you a lot more vividly, okay? So find a film that you love for whatever reason and get that get the lines, the English uh, from that film and get them into your head. So, you know, you're going to need to think outside the box when you're learning English. So this means don't just sit and watch a movie. Find new ways to get the English in that movie into your head and then out of your mouth. Okay. So yeah, watch the movie with subtitles in English. Great. That's going to help you to see the words and phrases and maybe to identify differences in the way that these words and phrases are being spoken and uh, the way that they are spelled. That's great. But then watch the movie again without the subtitles, and that's going to mean that you just focus on the, the words and the pronunciation and all that sort of stuff 
Also, when you watch movies again and again and again, you notice little details and you actually get an, a, a finer appreciation uh, of, of the, the script and everything like that. Um, but yeah, think outside the box. Record the, the, the audio of the movie on your phone and then listen to the audio when you're on the train or something. And what you could do is recreate parts of the film on your own. Learn bits of the script and repeat the script on, on your own and try and copy the characters. So remember to go the extra distance and think outside the box. Okay, uh, point number two, find a book that you know quite well. So this is basically the same thing as the movie, uh, but with a book. So what's, what's your favourite book? Um, find a book that you love and that you know well and read it in English. And also listen to the audio book. Um, if you get the unabridged audiobook, that means that, that the text in the audiobook and the text in the real book will be exactly the same and you can then listen and read at the same time. Um, but read read the book in English, listen to the audiobook in English, read and listen at the same time, listen separately, read separately, do these little things. You don't have to read the entire book, just, just focus on a few passages that you love. You could learn them, you could repeat them again and again and again, record yourself reading out those pages from the book uh, and focus on making the, 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 the dialogue or the prose in the book come to life by using your voice. Um, now, if you read a book that you've that you already know, that's going to help again because you know you'll be able to read it again and again and again, and, and you're not going to get bored. Also, you already know the story if you if you're familiar with the book from your first language. So, reading it in English means that you can then explore it in terms of the language and the specifics of the language because you know the the plot off by heart. Um, so, do that and and. And also listen to the audiobook version. And imagine listening to all those, the lines of that book that you love so much. Imagine listening to them in, in English again and again and again. Um, it's a really good way. You've got to create a really um, close relationship with the language to the point where you feel like you own the English that you, that you have, you know? Um, all right. Point number three, uh, keep two notebooks. So definitely you should keep at least, you should keep one notebook uh, where you write down words and things, but I think you should keep two notebooks. Um, so go down to the stationery shop and buy two nice notebooks. Buy notebooks, you know, spend a little bit of money, buy some nice ones. Notebooks are lovely, lovely things. I love notebooks. I love buying notebooks. I've got loads of empty notebooks in my flat that I haven't written in yet just because I love notebooks. So notebooks are brilliant. They're lovely items. Go out and treat yourself to not two nice notebooks and then actually use them. So notebook number one is used for scribbling things down quickly and keeping quick notes. So you keep notebook one with you when you're listening to something or watching a movie or reading a book or engaging in conversation with someone. Uh, maybe your your teacher on italki or your your teacher in the classroom or your language partner or whoever it is. Um, you, you've got notebook number one. That's where you write down things really, really quickly. And it's usually a bit of a mess. It's a bit of a shambles. There's bits written here and there. Uh, some of the text is written upside down because your friend is writing from the other side of the table. And it's all a bit of a mess and it's a shambles. And you've written stuff down very, very quickly without really thinking about it too much. It's all done in the heat of the moment. That's, that's notebook number one. 
Then notebook number two is where you keep an organized record of words and grammar rules and any other little details that you need to to help you remember uh, the language, okay? So um, notebook number two is going to be like your own homemade Bible for English and you're going to write it yourself. And that's where you write new words um, and, uh, yeah, as I said, grammar rules or little bits of advice or mnemonics, which are going to help you remember things. And when you write new words in your notebook, uh, don't just write the translation from your first language. Be careful of doing that. You should look for other things. Again, think outside the box. You might need to create your own version of the phonemic script so that you know exactly how these words are pronounced or learn the real phonemic script so that you can write in phonemes. Uh, which is which is really going to help you um, learn pronunciation. If you know the phonemes and you're able to transcribe words in phonemes, and you can, you can definitely learn. You can definitely learn how to do that. In fact, I, that's a sub point. Learn the phonemic script and practice by tr- um, writing things out in the phonemic script, um, and then checking the phonemic versions in the dictionary. Um, yeah. So in your notebook number two. You write out little bits of phonemic script. You also write some examples and little th- things to help you remember. So that's notebook number one and notebook number two. Okay. And then once you've done that, you go back to notebook number two and you go through it again and look at the notes that you wrote. And you don't don't worry, you don't have to write a lot. Just write something regularly, like a little bit every day or every time you learn something, write something down. And eventually, over time, you'll find that that notebook is full of a record of every single thing that you've learned. And you can go back to it. You can read it again. And that's that's going to be massively powerful for your learning. All right. So notebook number one, bang, 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 lots of ideas. Blah, 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 blah. It all, it all like your, your brain empties out onto the page. Notebook number two is the organized, refined uh, and, and tidy version. And that's the one that you can read again and again and again. And if you if you produce really good uh, organized notebooks, you can keep them forever. You can you can give them to your kids and things like that. You know, th- these could be really, really useful records of your learning history. Okay, um, point number four, use mnemonic devices to help you remember things. It's difficult to remember all the words. So you're going to need to find clever ways to keep those words in your brain. And essentially, what you need to do is think of vivid images for new words. Think of examples that are vivid and visualize them. Think of like genuinely visual images for new words. Okay, and anything at all, anything, as long as it sticks in your memory, but you need to try to think of something, some very vivid visual uh, image for new things. Uh, even if there isn't an obvious visual connection to a word, you might need to create one. Um, and uh, and that could be written down in your notebook, like just a little reminder of an image to help you remember the word. Um also, associations with things you already know. So when you get a new word, you need to kind of combine it with words that you already know. So let's say you've just learnt the word, oh, I don't know, what could, what could the word be? Um, let's say the word is uh, a, um, a bet. It's, if You've just learnt the word, I bet. I bet that, you know, I bet that, uh, I bet that he arrives late again. 
which is a bit like saying, I, th- I expect that he's going to arrive late again. I bet he's going to arrive late again. And that word is based on gambling, isn't it? To bet something, it's like to put money on something because you think it's going to happen. So I bet that he's going to arrive late again. Every time you use the word bet, imagine actually placing a bet. Imagine you're throwing money onto the table. Like you've got a a, a bunch of like notes in your hand. Like, I bet he's going to be late again. And bet, you put the notes down on the table like that. That kind of thing. Um, so, you know, think outside the box. Mnemonic devices uh, can really help you remember words. Um, point number five, just listen to my podcast. Um I'm sure I've stated that already, probably in this episode, but I'm going to say it again. Listen to episodes of this podcast more than once. You'll find that specific things I say will stick in your mind if you listen to this podcast um, over and over again. You know, um, some of these episodes are full of not only good advice, but just really vibrant examples of the language in use. Um, So listen to episodes more than once. You will find that little specific things I say will stick in your mind. You'll also find things funnier and funnier. I promise. Some of my episodes are designed mainly to make you laugh. Some of the episodes are here to give you motivation. Some of them are here to teach you specific bits of language. Some episodes are here just to give you something engaging and interesting um, to, to, to listen to. And some episodes, frankly, are there just to make you laugh. Um, like ones about misheard song lyrics or some of the episodes with Amber and Paul. They're just there just to be fun. So, um, and and many of the episodes I do, I spend a lot of time and preparation on. So there is some depth in these episodes, actually. Um, So listen to them again and again, and you will notice more and more details and you, you will find them funnier and funnier. Some of them you might find less and less funny. You know, you might just find some of the episodes more and more annoying. I, I don't know. You know, I can't say really. It's up to you. But um, if, if you've enjoyed episodes, listen to them again and you'll find that the language sticks and you'll notice more and more things. Okay. Um, so, yeah, about the, about the episodes that should be funny, um, I think it's important to, to have a laugh when you're listening to uh, the podcast, because I think that you need rewards for understanding and learning a language. You need to be rewarded for, uh, for those things that you've understood. Um, so in a way, you can let the funny moments, the things that you find funny, you can let them be a reward for understanding what you've heard. You know, it's like little motivational boosts things that you laugh at, things you find funny. It's a great little powerful, positive, motivational boost. Um, So enjoy the process of understanding what I'm saying and getting the subtleties and the nuances and uh, laughing at the jokes when you hear them. Um, So also, when you listen to this podcast, you should check out the page for each episode of the podcast. Every episode of this of this podcast has its own page on my website. Uh, check out those pages because that can really push your English further and further because you'll often find words that I'm using in the episodes written there. Uh, often the introduction or even the whole episode of the podcast is transcribed on the page and you can use that to help you learn. Okay, right. So that's point five. Just listen to my podcast. Point number six, uh, grammar. And point number six is get a grammar book and do the exercises. 
Okay, so get a grammar book and, and work um, through the exercises systematically um, and then do them again a few months later. So you do the whole book and you don't have to spend an hour uh, doing grammar work. You can just do 15 minutes a day. For example, if you feel like your English is not accurate enough or that you don't have a, a, a proper understanding of the grammar, then um, get a grammar book. For example, get English Grammar in Use by Raymond Murphy, the blue one. Okay, most of you, many of you will have that book and it's a very good book. Now, have you got that book? Have you done every single page in that book? Uh, or is the book just sitting on your bookshelf? So this is, again, that thing about taking responsibility for your learning. If you buy the book, that's not enough, okay? Uh, your wallet is not going to learn English for you. You need to actually do all the exercises in the book, okay? So get that book or any other decent grammar book published by Oxford or Cambridge or Macmillan or something like that and systematically go through the pages in the book. Do 15 minutes of exercises a day and think about what you're learning. And then when you've done them, do them all again and you'll find that it sticks even better. Uh, <clears throat> uh, English Grammar in Use by Raymond Murphy is still the best grammar book probably. Um, even if you're pretty good at English already, going through those pages systematically will iron out a lot of the fossilised errors that you have. Uh, then when you listen to English, read English or speak English to people, just try to notice some of the grammar that you've been studying. Um, and also, if you don't understand some of the grammar, like there's bound to be some grammar that you just don't understand, then don't worry about it. Don't get too frustrated. Uh, just carry on. Um, when I'm you know, like studying French grammar, I get really frustrated because there are some things that I just don't understand, like the way that um, the way that pronouns work or transitive verbs in French, the way that there are different pronouns and things. It really does my head in. And sometimes I get stuck because I, I just can't sort of really get my head around the way the grammar's working. But I shouldn't get stuck, you know. You mustn't stop. You have to just keep going. Even when there's something you don't understand, you keep going. Um, so, yeah, if you don't understand the, some of the grammar, don't worry about it. Just carry on. The worst thing that you can do, in fact, is stop when you feel confused or frustrated. So don't stop. Even if you're confused, keep going. Push through the confusion and keep going. You don't have to understand 100% of the grammar, okay? You don't have to. Just un Often, just understanding 70% is okay. Just do your best to understand it all, but it does get pretty complex and abstract. Um, the main thing is, when you experience difficulty or resistance when you're studying, the worst thing you can do is stop. So don't stop. Just keep going anyway even if you're not entirely sure what's going on. Keep going and just work with what you've got and use the, the stuff that you've understood to try and understand more. And slowly but surely, you will uh, broaden your knowledge and your confidence and your comfort with grammar bit by bit, step by step, and you will make progress in little steps. Okay, that's point six. Point seven, just keep yourself switched on at all times. Be mindful. Um, so be mindful. This means that you should just be aware of the language. Notice the language. And this means pay attention to the language. You don't have to be analysing it at a uh, <clears throat> at a metacognitive level or something. Um, just just be aware of the language. Just notice little things passively. 
You know, like when you're reading or listening or something, you think, oh, that's interesting. He's using present perfect continuous there. Why is that? And just have a, you know, just just sort of think about it a little bit. You don't have to open the book and open a big grammar book and, you know, uh, do exercises and understand every little detail of the rules. Just, you know, daydream about grammar um, when you're listening to it. Or if you've been studying a particular bit of language, just try to notice that bit of language uh, when you're when you're sort of interacting with the language. So be mindful, notice language, and take opportunities to learn. Some learners of English are just not diligent enough. Um, and for example, when you're, I don't know, let's say checking a, a an exercise in a classroom, if you've got something wrong you really need to make it your mission to understand why you've got it wrong and to to make sure you get it right next time um one point about english grammar in use by the way that grammar book one point about that um it's got a test in it there's a there's actually a test in the book so one thing you could do is the first thing you should do with that book is take the test <coughs> you take the test and then check all the things you got wrong the things you got right, no problem. Don't worry about them. They're done. But the things you got wrong, you need to understand why you're getting them wrong. So find the pages that relate to the things you've got wrong and focus on that. Um, and that's like a really sort of specific way of identifying your weak points and then focusing on them particularly specifically. And then do the test again and see if you get the answers right or wrong. You know? Okay. And, and be mindful. Um, remember that every error that you mistake is not a reason to feel bad it's actually a reason it's 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 actually an opportunity to learn and remember that you can't learn the whole thing in one go you have to learn it bit by bit step by step okay in fact uh that is point number eight and i'm calling this point number eight i'm calling the pizza analogy the pizza analogy and um, the pizza analogy is that learning English is exactly like eating a pizza. Okay, it's the same. It's exactly the same. Now I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, it's not really exactly the same, is it, Luke? And you'd be right. Okay, it's not exactly the same. Obviously, a pizza is food. English is a language. Pizza's got cheese on it. To be honest, there's cheese in English as well. You know, we have the word cheese. We have many different words for cheese in English. So there's cheese on a pizza. There's cheese in English as well. You know. So you know. It's quite similar, but what I'm really, what I really mean is that eating a pizza and learning English are quite similar. How? Well, for example, when you eat a pizza, you don't try and eat the whole pizza in one go, do you? You're not, you don't try and eat the whole thing in one go. It's not like I'm going to get this. I have to eat this pizza because my parents want me to eat it, or I have to eat this pizza because my boss wants me to eat it. You should be eating the pizza because you want to eat it, right? So you want, you need to be personally motivated towards eating that pizza. Um, and the other thing is, you can't just eat that pizza in one go. You, people don't do that with pizzas. You don't get the whole pizza and try and stuff it all into your mouth in one go. Uh, no, that's impossible, and it would make you sick, and you wouldn't be able to do it. Similarly, you can't learn all of English all in one go. You know, you can't expect to understand the whole thing in just one, one, one sitting. You have to break it down into little bits. You need to cut that pizza up into slices and eat the slices bite by bite bit by bit you know um also um you should enjoy it you should enjoy eating the pizza you should enjoy learning english (coughs) 
Um, and you should share it as well. Share it with other people. Um, share the experience. Don't just sit there on your own eating a pizza. Share the pizza with your friends. Okay, that's the pizza analogy. You could stretch that analogy out even further. I'm sure you could find other ways in which eating a pizza and learning English are, are the same. I'll let you do that. Um, um, number nine is that you should enjoy the small victories. Okay, enjoy the small victories. Um, so learning English is a huge task, really, especially when you want to get to a very fluent level. It can seem a bit like climbing a mountain, um, but how do you climb a mountain? You don't do it in one big step. You do it bit by bit, step by step. It's tough, it's difficult, but you don't stop. You you just keep going and you don't look down. You don't think about the distance too much. You just focus on it step by step, bit by bit. And every little bit of progress that you make, you should enjoy, you know? So, Every bit of English that you learn, a new word that you learn, mm, feel good about it. You know, if you um, if you understand something fully, well done you. Give yourself a little slap on the back. If you um, if you say something in exactly the way that you wanted to say it, then well done you. Give yourself a, a pat on the back. If you stopped making a fossilized error, if you you know managed to get out of the habit of making a fossilized error that you used to make, then well done you. You know, you should really feel good about every little bit of progress that you make um, and enjoy the small victories. And don't be overwhelmed by the fact that learning English can seem like a, a massive task that you'll never achieve. If you think about it like that, you'll never get anywhere. Just focus on the small victories, little bits of progress, bit by bit, and 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 make it a habit. Do it regularly over a long period of time and you will make progress. It, it will happen as a natural consequence of enjoying it and doing it step by step, bit by bit. Okay. And point number 10 is just enjoy it. Please enjoy this. You only get one life. Um, so please enjoy it. You know, so learning English should not be a pain. It should not be a struggle. You need to find your own special way of doing it. And ultimately, all of the roads, all of the ways that you choose to learn this language will all take you to the same destination, which is, um, you know, a decent, fluent, uh, operational use of English. Okay? So, enjoy the journey, because you only get one life. Um, oh, <clears throat> I've got an itchy throat, because I've been teaching all, all day, and, uh, and I'm a bit tired. So, and I'm exhausted. I said that I would talk to you about news. I was going to talk to you about Pokemon and football and things. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stop right here because I think that um, I've said all I, I need to say in this episode. Thank you very much for listening. I wonder if there's any music still going because I turned it down. Let's go back to some music. What do you think of my music? You might hate it. You might be thinking, oh God, I hate this electronic stuff. But maybe there's some of you out there who are thinking, yeah, actually, wow, you made that, Luke? That's that's pretty good. I don't know. It's pretty simple. It's pretty basic stuff. I've got this thing called a, a Korg K-Oscillator 2, which basically has about 150 different sounds in it. It's got, like, drum sounds, bass sounds little bleepy noises and um, it lets you create loops so 
it's not a keyboard, it's just a little pad. It's about the size of a, a, an iPhone. And it's got this pad and you can select the different sounds. And then you play the sounds on it with your finger. And it loops them. You've got an eight bar loop to play with. So you, you create all these loops and you, you layer them all on top of each other. And then you, uh, you then um, export the whole project into software on your computer. And that allows you to separate all of the tracks that you created. And then you can do a live sequencing of the track. So I actually do a live mix where I'm bringing the tracks in and out and sort of deciding what's going to come in where. For example, just there, I took took out everything except the bass and the drums. And then it, you're going to hear some little noises that I'm adding in. So it's actually a very limited, very basic little system, which is why the, the, the music you can hear is quite sort of minimal. But it's got some really nice, funky, chunky, fat noises. And it's quite nice backing music for the podcast. And since I'm the one who created it, I have complete copyright over over the, the stuff. So I can put it on the podcast without any fear of infringing anyone else's copyright. It's great. And because the thing is so small, you can hold it in your hand. And it's powered by two AA batteries. So you can just make music on the train. You can just go out into the park and sit on a bench and make some music. Each track probably takes about 30 minutes to to produce. And then you mix it later on at home on the computer and then you make a mastered version. And then Bob's your uncle. You got a groovy little bit of music. So I will probably play little bits of music like this at, in uh, at some points in episodes. Not too much, but little bits of music at the beginning and the end, maybe, just to take the edge off. Also, I've got a new jingle, another new jingle for the podcast, which um, I'm going to introduce um, in, in my episodes very soon. A friend of mine who is a, a producer was kind enough to make a, a load of jingles for me and they're really great. So I'll be um, I'll be releasing those jingles on the podcast soon. I've, I've now got too many jingles, in fact, because I've got those ones I made recently with the little voice samples. You know, the ones that go, you know, ladies and gentlemen, this is a journey into the English language, a journey into the DNA of the English language. Really? The DNA of the English language, that is rather, that is quite a strong claim. You know that, those ones? So I've got those jingles, and then I've got some new jingles. So it's Jingle City on the podcast now. All right. So thanks again for listening to this episode. This is episode 364, and uh, I hope that you feel motivated about your learning. I should probably mention italki again because they are the sponsor for Luke's English Podcast at the moment. And, uh, I mean, italki are amazing. 
because now you can go online and you can have your English lessons from the comfort of your own home. And there are some really great people on italki. I had a look through some of the teachers, the English teachers they've got there, just to kind of get to know some of the people who, who are uh, teaching on italki. And you can see videos of them introducing themselves. And there's a really nice range of people, some really, really cool, funny-looking people, some people who look really experienced and serious for business English and things like that. And, you know, all sorts of people from different places with different accents in English and things like that. And they all look very friendly and professional. So, you know, speaking English, actually engaging in spoken communication is got, has got to be vital for your English, really. If you're, if you're serious about pushing your English further, then, you know, you've got to use it. You've got to actually speak um, and get out of your comfort zone. And italki is the perfect way to do that because it's really a safe place. It's like a completely safe space where you can practice things that you've picked up on this podcast. You know, and if you've listened to lots of episodes of this podcast, you will have tons of English rattling around inside your brain. It has to come out of your mouth, okay? It has to. And you'll notice that when you get into the rhythm and when you get used to it and when you've warmed up and when you've done lots of speaking, you'll find that actually you're using a lot of the English that's that's gone in, you know? A lot of the English that you've heard me say to you, a lot of that is going to become an active part of your your language when you start speaking regularly. So, yeah, check out italki, why not? teacherloop.co.uk forward slash talk. And that's how you can check it out. And if you buy some lessons, then you will get an italki voucher because you're a listener to this podcast. They'll send you a voucher which you can use as a discount in the future. It's a pretty good offer, I have to say. All right, then. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. It's been a pleasure as always. And I look forward to hearing from you in the form of comments and messages and things like that. I get, I have to say, I get so many messages and I just want to say thank you to you if you have sent one to me. Um, it's literally every day I get messages from people and um, I can't respond to them all. There just aren't enough hours in the day. But I just wanted to let you know that I, I, I read every, every message I get, I read. Um, and what happens is I flag messages I get, I flag them, and I say to myself, I'll reply to it later. And then more messages tumble into my inbox, and the f the messages I flagged earlier on just get deeper and deeper into the inbox, and eventually I've just got so many flagged messages that I just can't reply to them all. So some of you have sent me specific questions. Some of you sent me really sort of sincere messages about how much you enjoy listening to the podcast. And um, I just wanted to say that thank you, basically, for taking the time to, to, to write to me. And sorry that I haven't replied to all of your messages. Some of them I reply to, um, but some of them I, I just can't reply to. But I just wanted to say that I'm sorry if you've written a specific thing to me and I haven't got back to you about it, you know, but thanks for your messages. All right, I really am going to stop now. Um, you've been listening to episode 365 of Luke's English Podcast, uh, but that is it for this one. Uh, you'll you'll be hearing another episode pretty soon and that's a conversation with my dad. Um, and that's just a bit more politics. That will probably be the last bit of politics I do for a little while on the podcast because uh, I think it's time to put that topic to bed for a bit um 
All right, I'm now going to just stop recording and I'm going to relax. <sighs> Take a deep breath and relax. Ah, it's a good feeling. Okay, thanks for listening to the episode. Speak to you again soon. But for now, it's time to say goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Luke's English podcast. Can't touch this. This is a masterpiece of the English language. All righty then. Just think of the accolades it's received over the years. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. This is going to be good. Really? Yes. I want to get into it, man. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Luke's English podcast. And this is Britain at its best. Oh, you lucky people. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.